This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Far out this, that, the other thing. Um, I'm, we drive to Lakewood for weddings, to New York for weddings. Baruch Hashem, we have Shiva High School, a girls' high school. We're 45 minutes away from Baltimore. Um, we have two and a half thousand families that are religious. Um, you know, I, I like. I, I don't feel that I'm faced the type of issues and things that people who are really, um, you know, at the forefront of Yiddishkeit face. So for me to come and to uh, to say anything uh, to people who are really in the front lines and doing what um, you know the, the rough work for Kali the the pioneer work, not suitable. But I share some thoughts that. Are, I think apply across the board to myself and to anybody basically that's moved a step out into the quote unquote real world battlefield, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so, so I, I just said I'm not suitable to speak. Okay, I got past that part. <laughs> that uh, you know, I say people people tell me that Silver Spring is Mrs. Nefesh to live there and so far away and da 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 da. You know. When Rabbi Weiser was there, it was a mysterious nefesh. Yeah, it's true, true. It was, it was a different world, and today Baruch Hashem is very well developed. But okay, so I, I guess I want to share, I'll share thoughts that apply to me as Echad Menach Habura. And it says, Avram Avinu, complaint to Kaddish Baruch Hu. He says, Hina Anoyecheo Lechariri, Uben Meshek Matitali. Matitali. What can you possibly give me? I'm barren, I have no children. And my, my, the only one I have hanging around here is Eliezer, not much to talk of, and, and that's that. That's the, that's the complaint. Rashi says, as I'll say, that he was Dola Mashke Mitoras So let's put it in the context. He's saying, what can you give me? All I have is my Talmud Muvak. Rabbeinu Eliezer, who, who goes and spares my Torah to everybody. So, so he's not talking about in the, the Pasuk, his personal feelings of being upset and feeling bad. It, you know, that's not what the Pasuk is conveying. The Pasuk is conveying, this is a momentous moment where I've done so much work that, that, that is so important, and there's no one to continue it. Well, I have Avram, of, I, 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 and, and he says the only guy who's continuing is Eliezer, who's constantly teaching. Okay, so, so yes, everybody would like to have their own children, and, and I understand the emotional sense of it, obviously, and I understand you, you would prefer to have your kid carry on, but, but that's not the complaint of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, so where, where, where is that complaint coming? What, what's wrong with Eliezer? That's a point I would like to talk about a bit. Um, I want to go to someplace totally different. It's the Shea Shirim. Um, it says that Shashirim is a, um, it, it's sort of a, a, a love song in, uh, as a metaphor for Kaisal's relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Is accepted, runs away, to them, and this is the whole back and forth of Shashirim. Fine. So finally they confront her and they say, they, they really hit her terribly and she says, I'm still not, the only one I'm loyal to is my beloved. Okay, so they say, we don't get it. What's the special about Kaddish Baruch Hu? So there's a whole song of description of Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
Dodi Tzach Adam, Dagi Mervava, Rosh Kesem Paz, and so on and so forth. Obviously, in as much as these are physical terms, they all are extraordinary metaphors for the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals itself in this world. This is Perek Hey, um, Yud Aleph, it, 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 it starts in Tess. Hey, Tess, Madodich Midori Yofa Benashim. Madodich Midori Chakarosh Betani. What is it about your beloved that you've sworn us off and said, no matter what you do to me, this is, I'm loyal to? So, Kaiser launches into Dori Tzachva Adom, Dagom Mervava, Kesem Paz, and so on. So, each one is a description of another part of the body, and the I guess this is the place where Mukubolim speak a lot about this, or anyone who draws from it, even not, even not the real hard Kabbalah, but the idea is each one is a different Hanhagav Kadosh Baruch Hu. Kadosh Baruch Hu communication is 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 is, is his deep voice, so so on. Fine. Finally, the last, the end of it, is a sort of summation. Mareu Kalavonom. His appearance is as impressive as Levano, which is the, the forest. Bochor Karozim, he's a strong, handsome, strong, stout fellow. So the Goyen says in his Pirsha the Goyen has a Pirsha which is quote unquote al Derech Hapshat, but it's, it's Derech Hapshat, which is very, very anchored in, you know, it's, it's, it's it's where Kabbalah meets Pshat, and then he has Alpi Kabbalah and his Talmud to bring. But it, it, he has, uh, and this Pirish is found in, um, there's a Siddur Hagra, not the one that's most famous, not the Isha Israel, but it's called Siddur Hagra Nigla Venista, put out by Rotoli Hertz, it was a Talmud of his, that has the Pirish Hagra Der Hapshat, and then a Likra Der Kabbalah, an explanation. Today they've, they've known Machonim, they have it now, but this is, it's a classic Pirish, very, very famous. So he says, what does it mean, Mareil Kavan Karazim? He says, two things tend to become impaired with old age. When people age, first of all, they don't look as good as they, they look when they're young, and they're not so strong. Those are two things that people, when they age, they, they lose it. Akarish Baruch Hu is not like that. Akarish Baruch Hu is as young and fresh, as strong as ever, and as attractive as ever. That's what the Goyen says. Very, very hard to understand. Everything until now is, is a metaphor that translates well. Einav Kionim, his Ashkacha, Sifsosov, his communication, his Yadav Glizov, these are all items of Akadish Baruch Hu interacting with us. So we speak about Yadav, we obviously speak of interaction and, and so on. All of them translate fairly easily into something that we can relate to. Now we're talking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu's geriatric problem. <laughs> I don't even can't say the word. In other words, that's, first of all, it has not to do with interaction. It's not a Kodesh Baruch Hu interacting with us. It's his health. How's a Kodesh Baruch Hu's health? And, and the things that we say about it is that he's as handsome as ever and as strong as ever. Um, even the sense of him not losing anything, what does that mean? You know, it's... What are we talking about? The age affects us. Yes, our bodies are built somehow to be obsolete after some point. Um, it wasn't meant to be that way. We were supposed to eat, you know, we were supposed to have been forever. But okay, that's what it is. What does it mean? Um, in the truth is, in some way, by Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Somehow the not aging, you know, it, it's a physical thing. It's a gift from Kaddish Baruch Hu. Is it, is it, when I say about a person, is that a really... 
great description of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's like sort of his last things. Yes, it was a brach, that he was strong and fresh and ever, but, but here it's especially real. So I'd like to explain, I'd like to understand it a little bit. Um, the, the, uh, this, this world, in as much as it's physical, so the Ramam speaks about this more in Vuchim, and he mentions it, that almost by definition, everything in this world is, goes from being good to being less good. In science, it's called entropy. It's, it's, you never find, it's like, if you come into a room, of a, especially of a high school kid or a college kid, um, the room will invariably be messier a day later than it was the day before, unless somebody rolled up sleeves and did some serious cleaning. But things don't become better or nicer. You leave a building laying around for a while, it runs down. That's everything. It's a one-way arrow, and, it, and it's one of the big caches on evolution, and they need to scramble to come up with a lot of terutsu, because everything in this world is less, it's more random and less organized than it was before. That's the nature of everything in this world. That's a hopefully avar. Um, and they have a coin, they phrase for it, um, the, the, the Rambam and Monavum calls it, that it's, 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 it's their hefzid, everything physical is falling apart rather than getting together because it's sort of artificial. That's the way it is. The same thing is true about beauty. Beauty is not, um, is not something that is absolute in any sense of the word. Um, when somebody comes, I grew up in the city, I grew up in Manhattan, and Manhattan to me was always, I mean, it, it was pretty awful. Big, tall, hot buildings, concrete, asphalt, and so on. When I come to a place like here, I cook, and, and wow, this is just amazing. How long does that last? It, 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 it winds down. The same thing the kid who comes from the country, from the farm, goes to New York. And, and he's, wow, 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 wow. And then it stops being wow. Um, you know, it, so beauty is not something that is any absolute. It's always most striking in the, f- in the first time when you change uh, venue, when you change scene. A reflection of that, it says in the Gemara that Yosef, Yosef had tzaddik when he would come into the house by Ashes Potifa, it says the begotten that she wore in the morning, she didn't wear in the evening. The begotten that she wore in the evening, she didn't wear in the morning. In other words, it could be the most stunning dress. If it's constant, it stops being stunning and it starts becoming everyday. This is a marker why women keep buying more clothing and so on. That's a very good. If, you, if, you, if the rabbits needs any any makoras, um, I mean, I don't know if Ashes Potifa is a good marker, but it's, it's, it definitely tells you that it, that wearing the tiny that I wear the same suit day in day out doesn't is not the, you know if a woman is ancient yofi yofi is change. There's no such thing as the most beautiful dress. It's the change of it. So yofi and chosek are built into this world in a way that, that, that it, is, it will always be going downhill. It's true even in Ruchnius, um, because it's part of the same chok. A, a person was inspired extraordinarily once by a Musashmuz, second time he's very inspired, the third time he's inspired, the fourth time he's tired, and so on. The same thing is true about everything. Um, 
the, 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 the person has a very powerful schmooze. I remember when I was a young boy, I was in camp, and somebody told us a tremendous answer for davening a, 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 with Kavana. I think they said over from Breslau, I have no idea. And it was, imagine this is the last as you'll ever daven, and you're going to die in an hour. What is this going to look like? So I can tell you, I davened some of the most powerful shmanesses ever. And as time went on, I realized that if you're going to die every day three times a day, dying is not so bad. And, and <laughs> shmanesses, is, this is, stop, you know, they, they went back to no. It's, 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 that's a territory. So, so we have a conundrum here. We, we have ruchnias that is meant to be, um, meant to be nitzchias, and yet um, it runs down. It, it follows the same laws. And the answer is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up Ruchnius with a koach of his chachos. That it, 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 it Torah is called Chaim in the same way like Mayim Chaim. And yes, it, it, it can, Ruchnius can become new. Chazal give a marshal, it's also passing Shashim, called Eisir Avucha Dadeha, her breasts keep you constantly nourished, it says, that, that just like when a child draws on the mother's breast, it keeps giving more and more milk, so to um, Torah is like that. So that means Torah has in itself a quality of Chiddush. It's most closely aligned with the word Chayim. And let's explain why. Um, it, by by the by, by it says that um, you know who's the nation God is called living. What does that mean? Why is it called living? Because something inanimate. Why is this table here? Because it was here, and unless there's a reason why it was moved, it will stay in one place. So inanimate things are are there. Why is this table still in existence? Because the kids haven't climbed on it and broke it yet. So that's why it's here. Living, I can't say why you're alive, because yesterday I was alive, the day before I was alive. Unless I'm living now, unless there was a new heartbeat and more oxygen, then I'm not living. Chaim is something in the Bria that requires now. And, and unless, it's, unless the reason for living, the reason why I'm living now is because now my heart's beating, now my blood is circulating, and so on. So chiyus is something in this bria that is different. A mayan mayim chayim means it's water that comes from a wellspring. It means it's not the water of the yesterday. Why is the water in the lake? Because it, it, it hasn't evaporated and nobody's drawn it. Evaporate and take it out, it will disappear. Um, why is there water in, in the spring? Because new water has been pumped. Because now there's water being pumped. So the koach of chiyus and the bria is the only constant chiddush in the bria. That was really the itzachayim and the itzadas. The itzachayim means there would be a constant source of new life. Once, when, when Akash Baruch told him the day you stop, the day that you eat matzahs, you're going to die, it was literally true because even if it's still running, but if you're running on, it's like an engine. When the engine dies, the car can still go. But it's going because it was turned, and it's going to peter out. It's 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 losing its energy. 
the day that something becomes um, loses its core of chius and its chachos is going it, then then it's a dead engine a dead car the engine may still be turning but but it's dead because it's running out and that's it so, so what, yes so eating from the eighthaim would be would have returned right now correct well well Adam Lechatchila was meant to be with this constant Chiddush. that's why he'd be, he would live forever whatever was what he was deemed when he ate from the Eitzadas, then it, he, he sort of cut himself off from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I, I don't want to go off of that tangent of what I'm, happened to Eitzadas. Yeah. It, I'm sorry, but, but then why wouldn't he eat with So has that power to give this constant ischachos. Anything that's called chayim, it, it, it gives that, that type of, of power of, of Kiddush, <laughs> and therefore you keep living because you keep regenerating. It, it's like one of the reasons that, you know, one of the things science are puzzled is why do we die? Because our body theoretically keeps rebuilding itself, so, so it's like imagine if somebody were to take your car and and by time at, every month change another part, so that every year all the parts are changed. What does it mean the car's old? I mean every part. I mean theoretically every part of us gets re, re, redone again. So yes, there are occasional you know mishaps, but 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 generally speaking, we're supposed to be okay. But okay. So so the car, Sakharish Baruch who placed in the world. A ruchniyistik koach, or anything that has to do with ruchniyist, anything that comes from Malkim Chayim, is constantly new, and therefore two things are true about it. First of all, it's lasting; it's not meant to, to, to fall apart, and secondly, it's meant to be constantly appealing. And that's the pshat in this shevach. This is what the goyin means over here: that he's mareyu kalavonon and bochakarazim, a kaddish who. There is something new to behold all the time because there's something new being pumped into the Bria and there is a strength of it because it's constantly, it's, it's existing because, not because the Gashbrochus spoke three and a half thousand years ago, because spoke now. A personal feeling, a personal hagasha about it is, you know, people talk about new, new parts of Torah, the Marshall. The Rambam didn't exist before. The Raman was new. Um, it was old, but it was new. And this the format of putting it a certain way. People talk about Reb Chaim Briska's Derech Halimut as being new, and this, you know, this huge... It actually, people don't realize it. It was actually sort of rejected. It wasn't rejected, but there were people... Rab came out against it and said, this is... Never, never heard of these type of spars. The Maral's Torah was widely unaccepted for a long time. It wasn't accepted, and then it became accepted. And people say, there's new stuff. Where's it coming from? And, and yet, the people who are into it feel this is, this is really what it says. Hasidus was a new knech. The Goyen was new. The Rizal's Torah was new. And, and yet, people say, the Ramban's Svaris. I, I want to just I, I sort of uh, interject with a fascinating story. Did somebody put out a series of interviews yet with Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein, from, Gush, from the, the Rashiv of Gush. Um, this person is Chaim Sabato, who's a phenomenal writer, Israeli. He has a yeshiva, but he's, a, he's an amazing writer. And he had like a, a long series of interviews in his last years. And he said, one of the pieces that struck me as astounding was, he asked, he said, I asked this question of Baron Lichtenstein and his son separately, and they both answered the same answer. If you are on a desert island, and you didn't know that you could have access to Sfarim, which would be the most important Sfarim? So, obviously, but, but which Sfarim of Past, you know. So he was expected to say Rambam, and and they both answered Ramban. 
And Rabbi Luchtenstein said, the Rambam's Mishnah Torah is a phenomenal masterpiece, but it could have and would have been written, not as good as the Rambam, but it, it could have been written, and, and that's that. It's, so it's something that you could theoretically put together and, and so on. The Rambam's Mornavuchim is an extraordinary sefer. It's, it's hard to say that it's the most important sefer in, in a core sefer Yiddishkeit. Ramban ala Torah is something you couldn't come up on your own. You know, the, the pieces that are the core pieces. And it's something that is core. It's, it's the Aleph base of where we start from. The Musagim, the concepts that he's brought into Torah, uh, form the backbone of Ashkafa. Um, and therefore, he said, it's just fascinating. But I say, we don't appreciate Ramban. Ramban and Gemara, his, his, his chidushim, uh, are, his svaris are really pioneer, pioneer. Tosfis, the Mahalach of Tosfis. So it's, it's Akadosh Baruch who allows for Torah, and yet anyone who learns Tosfis sees this as being really what the Gemara means. Anyone who learns the Rambam sees this, that this is what the Halacha should look like, um, and so on. Anyone who's delved <coughs> into the Torah of the Maral feels this is the core understanding of, of things, and so on, and then the Muslim movement, all of these. You know, so, so Torah itself, and Akadosh Baruch who comes to us with constant Kiddush. And therefore, it's appealing to every generation, because every generation sees another facet of Torah, another facet, another facet, and it retains a strength and a vitality because it, it has, it, it's, it's not something that was, it's something that is. That, I think, is the pshat, the miracle of Karasim. Baruch Hu projects himself into the Bria, and it, it's, the, the Nefshah Chaim brings this, he quotes a Goyen in Tikkun Zohar. Goyen in Zohar is off the radar screen for us, but the, the Nefshah Chaim is not. And he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the change of time is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu changes on Hagar, and, and he quotes a very similar Zohar that says very similar to Gemara. He says, the Godim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wears in the morning, doesn't wear in the evening, the one he wears in the evening doesn't wear in the morning. It's, it's a new, HaKadosh Baruch projects new understandings, new nationals. Everything is constantly changing. I want to go back to the first point that we started with. Um, Avraham Avinu created something new in the Bria. He was Mechadish. Um, he, he, he opened up the wellsprings of, of Torah, HaKadosh Baruch and so on. To have a Talmud who faithfully recorded what you said and gave it to the olam, wrote it up, and distributed it, and disseminated it, is wonderful. It's a recipe for, for dead end. It, it, my Rebbe, Yochai Shulavitz, had a very picturesque way of talking. And he sometimes could be very blunt, um, in, 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 the, in a way of being very direct. He, he said once, he would say, he said this a few times. He said, when Re, my Rebbe, Rebbe Yerucham, spoke in the, in the, in the yeshiva, there were many people who took notes and very faithful notes exactly what he said. He said, where are they today? Nowhere. He said, what did I do? And, and again, when he spoke to he said that, that he wasn't pushing himself. He was not an ego. He said, I ate, ate Mavamalka with him. What he meant to say was, I studied the person, not the particular schmooze. In other words, I was trying to, to understand where is he coming from, not what he said. And, and, that, and that was the point that he pressed on us. He said a Talmud is not somebody who looks at the end product, but sort of gets to the to the, the shorish. Avram says, if I leave Eliezer over, 
then I'm going to have posthumously a beautiful set of the collected works of Avraham Avinu, uh, maybe even a podcast and, or, or two, and, and that's it. It's dead. He's, he, he's dolo mashke. So he, he, he basically takes my Torah and he dishes it out. So that finishes. Yitzchak Avinu, it says, opened the wells that the plishtim, the plishtim didn't have a problem with the, with, the, with the water that was already bottled from Avraham Avinu. Fine, it, you'll distribute it, that's it. He was somebody that, they, they wanted to shut that wellspring that Avram did, that Maya. And Yitzchak broadened the Maya. And Yitzchak was different than Avram. It's fascinating. Eliezer had no personality of his own, so he basically would have said of Avram's story the way Avram said it. Yitzchak was coming with his own, a, a new knech, it was different Mida, but, but he was broadening that well and you would have that configuration. And that's that's an akuda that um, I wanted to, to think about. I, let me tell you where I'm coming from. I had, when I was living in Israel, I lived in Israel, in the yeshiva, I had a friend of mine who um, needed parnasah, and he went to somewhere in L.A., not, not, in one of the, not in one of the hotbeds, but in somewhere out more in, in L.A., community, a very wonderful community that... Um, and he was there for two years, and he came back. And I asked him, like, how come you came back, Shimon? You know, like, like is, I mean, you, you finished being a car everybody, or you're a wealthy man already, and you're going to be like, well, what's, what's... So he told me something very fascinating. He said, in a place where reading a line of Gemara straight makes you the God of Ador, what was my, what's my incentive to learn at Tzachosha? And that was a very fascinating... What was, he said, in a place where reading a line of Gemara straight makes me the God of Ador, what's my incentive to learn at Tzosah Hoshim? Um, and he came back, he said, you know, I felt really that at some point I'd reached the limits and so on. So, so I, I want to focus it. So he, I think, was focused on his personal growth, which was one cheshben. But I, 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 I find it also true, I think reaching out to people. And the tricky part is, anyone who's learned yeshiva a substantial amount of time, and now he's in a place where people are much less learned, you can sort of, you can get by by, by simply recycling whatever you have. Um, it's, it's, you know, you, Baruch Hashem, we, we have an awful lot, and recycle it. So, one can problem I, is... Can I ask a question? Please. Um, just in terms of, uh, well, Avram was complaining about Eliezer, and I Right. Was it on Avram to make sure that Eliezer, I guess, matured in a way that... that Eliezer was called Arur. Arur means, um, cursed means limited, barren. You're not going to produce more. You are what you are. That's the real difference. Baruch, something that has bracha is planting a seed. You plant one seed and you get a hundred. That's bracha. Yitzchak planted one, by Sharem, he got a hundred. Eliezer takes one seed pops it, and he's able to have one popcorn. You know, so, so he had a lot, a lot, a lot of seeds, but that was, that was, his, that was called error. He's a limited person. He's not productive. Um, a pray, There's uh, nothing more that Avram could have done. No, no, that was the nature. Avram was, uh, Eliezer was called error. He, he means he is, he is what he is. I'm thinking now about like just, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I'm just thinking now, the position we're in right now, I mean, part of the job is to Correct, but I'm saying. But I, I'd like to say, on a personal level, you you can't. If you if we don't grow more, 
And it may be that the person will never understand where I'm going to, but it's it's going to stop becoming lifelike. I, my, my, my late Rebbe was a Moshe Shapiro's Chan of Rocha. He, from the last uh, 35 years or so, he's been a, a Rebbe of mine, and he's given me tremendous uh, amount of insight in a lot of things. And um, he told me, I went to Eshet to teach, and I was there for a few years, and uh, it was very nice. And he, the moment I went, he was like, he felt positive about it. But he said, you will dry out in a few years, and that's going to be the nature of it. You know, and, and it's, it's something where, it, when you need to, you know, when you, whatever you need for the job, you need for the job. You, you pay your lessons and so on. But to understand that when you grow, you have a different flavor when you give it over to people. Um, one of my things with HDO was sometimes they would have, you know, they would package stuff for people. And, you know, they were in a rush to get people out into the field, and these are the arguments, and these are the things, and these are the techniques. And yes, they, you know, they, 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 they work nicely, but you, at some point people recognize when they're hearing a, a, a living flow of what you, what's coming out from you, and what has been prepared, and so on. You, you know, you, you just feel it from the person. One of the reasons that made us, Talmud and Rosh Shapiro, so connected is because you felt that he's a, he's a wellspring. It, it's, it's interesting. I used to think a lot about this. You know, when you're teaching high-level Talmidim, you, you're... You, you, so the, the Rebbe is always saying his chedushim. And you wonder, I mean, why do you need to give your chedushim? I mean, the Ketzal will probably say much, something much better. You want you just give the Ketzal or give it a Kivega? Why don't you just say what it says? You don't... You know, you don't, th- you, you don't really think that what you're saying is better than what's written. And there's always kind of a, a wonder of what's the room. So, yes, there are people that do it just because for themselves it's easier or better. I, I'm not sure, but, but I do think there's education, a reason for it. When you say over somebody else's, you, um, you can say it over, but the passion and, and the sense of, of, of like conviction that you have for your own tradition. The Chiddush doesn't have to be uh, uh, something totally new that no one ever said before. Very few people can say that level of Chiddush. That's, that's incredible. But to say it over the way you understand it <coughs> is, is, is um, very, very different than saying it over uh, just the way it says. If you, don't, if you didn't add something new to your understanding of it, then it's going to sound dead. So you could explain it well and fine, but again, the koach of chiyus is something new. And, and I think I agree, I agree with that. I yeah, absolutely. There's also the chiddush of, or the excitement of discovery. So Correct, and, and that's why I'm saying if well. you, it's very easy for me and for all of us, I assume, to succumb to the pressure of packaging. You know, you, you have a, a line of people waiting to get to cakes. So your efforts is on baking the cakes, packaging them, and getting them off. The idea to sit down and invent new types of cakes and new types of pastry is, is becomes, you know, the Yitzhahara to live off what you have is great. And again, I'm, I'm speaking as Echad Merchaburah. And understanding that you really, if you don't grow, and I, and I guess we can finish with, the, when Moshe Rabbeinu was looking for a king, a, a leader for Klai Yisrael, a future leader, he said, In other words, a king has two properties. He goes first, 
and then he brings the people. He comes in first, and then brings in the people. It, it, it's not only that he has to be able to take the risks first. So, so one, one aspect of it, you know, he goes first in battle, which is very important. Like, you know, you, sh- you, you, you provide the example. It also means if you're not moving forward, it's hard to move people forward. If down deep, mentally and emotionally, you are where you are, then you are where you are, and people say where they are. If, if there's a sense for people that you're a growing person, then they'll grow. So it's true that you're always a meter ahead, a kilometer ahead, whatever it is, fine. But, but, but if people feel that your own personality is growing, I, I want to tell you something that on me made a yeah, powerful... That, that's really a different idea, though, you know, because let's say a person is growing in a different way. Let's say a person really is becoming a less jealous person. Yes. Because it evokes something, you know, I had a Rebbe I was really attracted to in high school and had a big influence on me. Because I felt like he was also a teenager. <laughs> Why? Because I could see him getting upset with himself about the way he responded to situations. Really? And wanting to respond differently in the future. Like he was reflective that way. Right. So it wasn't so much, you know, he, he took the Rambam and said, eh, let me give you a new Mahalach and... Uh, Right. In the Hilkos Megoyim or whatever the deal was, you know, but it was rather an idea that he, he was he, he showed us that he was personally a growing person. Okay. And, that. And, and I remember it made an immense impression on me. That's an so example. I mean, it's it's parallel. Exactly yes, it's parallel. It knows if you want to be Mashpia in the world of Midas, you need to be a growing person in Midas. You want to be Mashpia in the world of, of Torah, you need to be growing. Oh, correct. I, I think I think they're all parallel. In any tchum that you really want to be a, a mashpia, you, you need to be opening a well, you know, and, and people need to see. I, I, I think one. I yeah. think a really important aspect of this that um, goes counter <clears throat> to what's preached often in the world of Kinoch is that this would require the Rebbe also to be more, much more open and personal to his Talmud. And, you know, when, when people emphasize, you know, if your Rebbe is like a Malach Hashem Svakot, right. then you can be a Rebbe, and, you know, and chas v'shom, you should ever touch a basketball where any Talmud might ever see you doing that, you know, or read a newspaper or do something like that. <coughs> so that also stymies any sense of, of the way you're, you're seen. I think there's a general facade in the world that people should see the Rebbe walk in meticulously, stand by the stender, right. deliver Torah, leave, you know, and, and he's like a Malach Hashem spoke of. He appeared, you know, you know, Manoach can see the guy stop right. the Malach stop, you know, to, to to look at the palm tree and say how beautiful it was there, you know. So I mean that also is, that would also thwart what you're talking about. Right. So but it, need to, it almost needs to be taught to but, but a Torah that people can see you, you know, as uncertain at times, questioning at times, troubled at times. In other words, because if, if, if you're going to have that kind of Correct. respect, you're going to see you as growing in your own thinking. But he but also has to be able to see, yes, in, in other words, if he's not, if there's nothing in common, then, then I always tell people stories about the Vilna Goyen have not made a tremendous impact on me, except to idolize the Vilnagoyan. I, I don't see myself as a candidate. Right. You know, but when you have com- commonality, but on the other hand, you also have to see where that person is, is ahead, genuinely so. In other words, 
I have to see that his reactions are... Where is it that he's different? Not, not that he's paid to teach, but where is it that as a person he, he's ahead of me? Um, I remember was told this story. I don't go into the rest of the story, but there was one point he said he was standing behind um, Reb Meir Chodesh and, and Yemini, the two, two friends from way back when, and one person, and he was standing behind so he could hear the private conversation, and one person made a remark about something, and Reb Meir said, I realized that they lived in a world that was beyond me, that I wasn't privy to. In other words, it was it, the fact that he was able to catch them on an off moment and hear their conversation and say, "Wow, the, the, you know, they, they they need to see both." It's a it's a, a malach. When we see a malach, he actually has a physical body. <laughs> you know, it, we don't see the malachim that 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 don't have that body. So it's, it's a trick. It's a trick. You have to be able to say, "What does the Talmud see from me?" That he can relate to, and what does he see from me? That's that's really it, it, my my reflex reaction will be very different. And that's a tough one. I just want to finish. I I I, I was once. I know. I I, I used to. I, I came to Israel nineteen seventy. I liked seeing people, like hearing people. Like I was very interesting, a curious person. I liked to see and to, to learn from things. And I went to hear a Volba. I went to to Bar Yaakov for for a Shabbos. I would go here when he spoke Yerushalayim and so on. You know, so he, he was a ready a dumus for me when I came to Israel. He put out Ali Shur two halakim. First chalik, which I remember you could only buy from him, and that was like in the early years. I, I saw it in 1968 in in America. Somebody got a personal copy, and I mamish was 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 kind of mesmerized by it. And then I went and bought it from him, and this that time still had numbers on each one, and, and he sold them individual copies only to people that he felt would use it. Whatever. He wrote a second chalik. And at the end of the second chalik, he writes, people will notice a change in the second chalik and the first chalik. It's because I was Zohar to meet Rav Hutna, and I learned so much from him. He changed my life, he changed my person, this and that, and so on and so forth. I saw that. I remember him sitting at Rav Hutna's memoir. Rav Hutna came to us in the 70s, and... Rev, Rev, Volba appeared at some point later to hear from him. Revolver would sit like this. He wasn't, it was very hard to hear him sit like this, you know, at, at the Maimer. And when Rabbi Yonas took over in 1980, when Rabbi Yonas was there, he would come to every Maimer and sit there, Evid Kamimar. Now, that happened, that transition happened when Revolver was about 60 years of age. Most people at 60 are wrapping up their retirement plans, writing their memoirs, and, and are putting together their files and so on. No one is starting a new mahalach at the age of 60, especially as somebody like a Volba, who had Rabbi Yochum as his Rebbe, and his whole life peddled Rabbi Yochum's Torah in the snap. You know, he, he, he was a, a, a finished person. He, he had had a yeshiva ready. He now was a mashkech at large. It, you know, the, the, it, the idea that a person at 60, and Volba passed away in his 90s, could open a new chapter in his life because he was eager to grow. To, to me, that's a powerful muscle. It, it's a powerful paradigm, you know, th- th- that somebody was grew, and, and I think it reflected in the fact that he that he produced another set of, of uh, another safer, which which is an enrichment. A lot of it you you recognize was there before, and and and, and, and Mamela's words had a lot of you know to me they're very powerful because I saw this as a person who's open to grow and so on. So this is dealing with the academics, it's dealing with the learning part of it. I'm sure it's dealing with that hug also. Um put down a whole set of, of unhuggers and so on. I'll go upon him. The 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 hazards of, of our occupation is especially if if so if somebody's teaching the me yeshiva, he has to be on his toes all the time because everybody has 
everything that Reb Nochem said, and everything Rabbi Shaili said, and everything that you yourself said, and unless you're being Mechadish stuff, people you know, classify you as being a has-been, what? Even here now, there's an art scroll. All the footnotes have everything. All in the footnotes, everything. No more than that. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Um, I would say Otsar Chachman does, but Otsar Chachman doesn't do it because it's so huge. I mean, you know, it, it's like Google. You, 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 <laughs> once you get 60,000 armacomas for something, no, you don't look at any. But art scroll <laughs> distills the stuff that you should know, and, and uh, you know, and so on. Fine. So, so it does keep you in touch. But still, it, it's something, what I'm saying is, the Tzura A of Torah is Torah's Chayim, which means there has to be Chiddush. Even the way you understand it, the words you used. I remember one of the profound lessons that I had in, in learning was, my Rebbe in learning was Reb Nachum Svanifracha. Reb Nachum was awesome. And he, and, and, um, his, his, his Torah, and it's, it's, it was breathtaking in, in his Hekif, and his Chiddush, and so on. He, um, he had a Shtigl Torah on Zvachim, on Pigel, that was world-renowned. It was written up in Atvuna, and it was almost impossible to understand. Reb Nachum, as good of as an explainer he was orally, when he wrote, it was extremely difficult. He was very cryptic. He constantly kept feeling he's, he's writing too much and there's no need for it. So a typical piece would start, the few pieces that he wrote was concerning all the kashas that he asked on the sugya. So, so <laughs> you know, like, where are you coming from? It's, it was very difficult. This piece on Piggle was very cryptic, extremely difficult to understand. Nobody understood it, really. There was a Chaburah learning Kachim, and he, and he said Chaburahs on Friday afternoon, younger light only, Friday afternoon. Um, you know, that was amazing. There would be, it was 1 o'clock in the afternoon Friday or whatever it was, and he said, Chaburus, and people came. It, it was a big credit to the wives. I mean, I don't think for a younger man it was difficult to leave. It was <laughs> For the wives, it was not easy. Fine. He got everybody waiting for him to get to the sugya of Pigel and to the And he got to the sugya, and he said something that was much easier, much less, much not as deep, simpler, whatever, and that's how he approached the sugya. Afterwards, somebody, I still remember who the person was, had the guts to ask him, but, you know, you wrote very differently. He said, today, I don't understand it that way. I understand it this way. I, I, don't, I don't recycle what I said. I, I, I'm learning what I understand, and today I understand it like this. And this is Mahalach, and this is how I understand it, this is what I can say. It was an, an incredible um, lesson for us that the Torah has to be the now. The, it, it has to be chiyos. It has to be how I see it now, not recycling what was. Al Capone, I guess it's a, it's, it's a point I would like to mechazik myself with um, and um, to I share it, I guess, to, to me this is a, a very important piece. To, it keeps me looking at new things, trying to understand new things, um, you know, it, it, to resist the temptation to just recycle what was and, and to keep being mechadish. You know, and the mechadish doesn't have to mean come up with incredible new chedushim as much as to revisit it and rethink it and re-see it the way I see it now. How lovingly does, or is there any position for a person below the Rebbe, the Talmud, to tell the Rebbe that? What do you mean? I, I, if, the, if the Rebbe's Torah is coming across as, again, San Diego, we're limited to, again, it's not that you can just up and go. There's a couple of, and I think that therefore as as a person that's in the role of being the mashpia, there's a tremendous... It's not like they can go somewhere else, like in L.A. Right. Um, to, so to what extent... And again, and, and maybe that there's you know different relationships where you're not the actual Talmud of the person, because I would never say that to a Rebbe. Right. 
but to what extent do we have to be open or to what extent are we obligated to tell others that, that idea? The idea that, that, that so you're talking about if you're a Talmud and this is your Rebbe, how much... Or, or just if you are someone that in the community and trying to say, well, maybe if you would try new things or suggest new things or look at the impact, because I... So if the... Okay. If the person is a Rebbe figure to you, um, that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. On the other hand... Most of the time, I mean, if it's a problem, that means you should either find a new rebbe, likely. Yeah, or right. or, or you can't talk. There's a yeah. there's an element. There's a big element of chutzpah. That is yeah. a problem. On the other hand, these things tend to people tend to vote with their feet, as they say. Right. You're, you're sure to become less popular. So let's say let's say somebody's sort of a co-teacher of yours. Right. Um, you can tell somebody, you know, I think people want to hear this, that, or the other thing. I think want new. You know, at, at the end, what'll happen, unfortunately, is you will tend to dry out and, and people will feel dispirited. It, they'll not come or, right. they'll, or they'll come and they'll fall asleep. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I, I had a, a friend of mine who taught in college and he was a professor in math, but he did remedial math in City College. So he said, you know, his, 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 his students were really weak and some of them would stay over like a semester to, they kept telling each other what story is going to come yeah, now yeah, yeah. and what's going to. You know, my kids it's very funny. You know, my, my kids, they have these. You know, the the famous joke about the numbers for sto- for stories. You know, number one. You know, I, I won't say that. Right. So I, so you know, so they always keep teasing me. But it's different. I have different people at the table, different thing, and the situation comes up. The story is appropriate. They never heard it. So, but then I had another very popular Rob who eight by one one. Um, one Halamayit. This person is extremely popular in Baltimore and very well beloved. And he's very intelligent. And he's very this, and he started telling over a story. And one kid whispers to another. <laughs> so, so I was very proud. Then my kids gave that story a number. Also, they said, "Okay, the story we have my so and so. It's number this and this." You know, it, it, it's something that a person has to be sensitive himself to. It, it's it, you can't you can't tell you Rebbe. But but it'll it'll become something that's natural. People will start kind of drifting off, and it's tough. It's a uh, you, 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 if it's a colleague, you can say you know I think people need to hear you know chiddush or but for, for each one of us, it's it's so tempting not to push ourselves. When you're in yeshiva, you have everybody's competing against everybody else, so you're pushing yourself. But when you're it's it's true about everything. It's. Uh, you know, even institutions. I want, I want to say something. We have a school. We have four schools. You know, we have Yeshiva Dola, high school. The, the need to constantly, you know, it's it's so easy to become institutionalized because something has worked, and we've got it down to a to a to a T. It's very fascinating. In, in, I was affiliated. I taught Nature Torah, and I would get Talmidim from other places. Our Sameach would eat by us. And and the Mechon Shlomo would send. Like we had, we were exposed. So, in 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 Mechon Shlomo, the shita was: we know exactly which smiras worked. We know exactly how much dancing that became canon. And Lord forbid that you that you change it. You know, layomer layachav dasa. That was Mechon Shlomo, and he's still Ara Yomazeh. 
and and one of the reasons they opened a branch was because the the um, one of the one of the heads of it was felt so imprisoned. They opened up a branch where it could be a little more experimental. Asia Torah, it was one of the frustrating parts. Was everything would be running smoothly, and then Abnach would wake up and he would say, <laughs> "This is this. We, we, we need to do better." I mean, the fact that it's running smoothly is a sign we're not doing better because things that are innovative always have hitches. So, okay, so let's start something else. And my nature is to be a little more settled. And I say, well, it's running and everything's working. Why, you know, why take a healthy patient and do major surgery? And, you know, every sheet that has had its, its, its mylas and its chastronos, and, and, you know, it, you couldn't... Um, it, I, I want to tell you something that I heard from Balabas. You, you know Rabbi, Dr. Spetna, Lee Spetna. So the yeshiva had, the high school had its 50th anniversary, and they brought in Dr. Spetna, who was one of the founders of it. I may have asked him, the man is still an amazing person. He's brought some of to wonderful children. Um, he, he was from the first, from the founders of that community in Washington. When did your father come to Washington? When, when did your family come? In 55. Uh, so, so that was that whole, uh, they the ones who brought the anime and they're the ones who made the, 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 the community in, in, in Woodside. So he said something fascinating. He said, you know, he's very moved to be here. He said, communities have a habit that when they attain a certain goal, they tend to become frozen by it. And the Shivak Dola, bringing the Shivak Dola into, this, into Washington was a struggle. And, and part of it was people... They had some really good tightness. I mean, the tightness made a lot of sense, you know, financial tightness, um, tightness of staff being stretched. And, and I can't say they were wrong on, on some of those tightness, but some of it was just resisting moving the next place. And, and you know, Baruch Hashem, it, it has in a very positive way, you can ask Rabbi Roth, he's, uh, you know, impacted. It, 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 I, and I cannot say that the chashash is unjustified. Looking, I, I came in with Yishev I was hired to teach the first class Yishev so I don't know what the previous history was. But there was a sense that it would upset the apple cart, and, and it could have. I mean, Baruch Hashem, in the best way possible, Yishev has been a positive influence. We, we, we didn't look fights, we didn't have fights. It, it was not straight positive. I could understand where there would be issues. And, and also the high school. I guess this one, the last thing I spoke to Moshe Shapiro about was I became, once Ravina passed away, there was sort of a vacuum for years, then I became nominally in charge of high school. I, I don't, I'm not, not hands-on. But the question was, where do you move? Do you move? Do you not move? Do you keep the school the same way? Do you... Do you um, and I spoke to him. You know, I, I, you, know you, you always have... The, the people to the right of the school send the kids to Baltimore, the people to the left of the school send the academy, and w- how do you keep the school, like, is it stationary? That's the, that's the right thing. Is it the same course without accelerating? Is it gently accelerating? What is it? I, am, I spoke to Marichas about it. I said, what did you want to ask? In the middle of the story? I, 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 I mean, his, his point <laughs> was, um, basically his point was, Make improvements that you think are right to the up until, but not <coughs> past the point of rocking the boat. In other words, improvements that people will take in stride, even if it's not that's fine. If people start feeling you threatening and getting antagonistic, no, that, that was this point. And you know, we've made some gentle changes that have that have again. I think they've kept in stride with the change, but haven't really upset um, 
people people feel it's natural. You know, it's it, it, it's tough. It's a tough. Uh, I'm sorry. What did you want to ask? I'm no, just um, I, I'm naturally a person who looks for innovation or ways to improve right. myself or the institution I'm with, or um, you know, I'm always trying to be creative and, and find ways to, to make it better. Um, we have like what 50 some staff members on the day school side. Wow. Um, how many, how, you have, how many children do you have in Kanahara? Wow, that's yeah. that's a big school. Um, I mean, by us, they just reach the Torah school just reached three hundred and sixty, I think. Oh, really? That's that's like the numbers. Yeah, oh, really? they now have four parallel classes in the incoming classes. Oh, wow. We have now the the, the the new incoming class is the in the high school is the biggest class. Thirty five kids we have in Hara. in the boys, thirty five boys. That's never been. It's a, it's an incredible. And it has to do, what happened was the Shiva Gadola's alumni slowly became Balabatim in the community, right. and the right. new generation is a different generation. So the, so I guess, uh, so my personality lends itself to, because I get excited about something new or creative, but not every faculty member feels the same way. And uh, uh, if I may ask, what's your position in the school? What, what the are you? assistant head of school. I run the education. Rabbi Wise, I assume, is the head of school? Head of school yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah. The biggest assumption. The biggest what? <laughs> That's the biggest assumption. <laughs> um, so I just want to get clarity on, on, on what you're saying is that that really is the example you set, which will inspire others to feel that same way. And, and because that's the, the, you know, there are always teachers like, oh yeah, that's interesting, let's try that, or whatever. Um, and, and then there's always other teachers who are, have a louder voice. Or why would I do anything different than I've done the past 10, 15 years? That seems to be working. <coughs> maybe it does, maybe it isn't. That's an argument whether it does or doesn't. But, um, I mean, the amazing it, thing it, about what you said about Rick Nelson, the amazing thing about that story yeah. is that he came up with a simpler, like you said, less deep yes. approach. Right. And he wasn't embarrassed. And Correct. So, so that's, the, that's the question. To say, you know, that, that this is the last thing to say, you know, it seems clear to me. You know, like, I, I mean, maybe when I was... 45, I needed to have this tray and that tray and bring from over here and answer this and use this far. But to me, today, this this really makes perfect sense. So in a way, it would be easy for somebody to say, oh, he's getting old, he's not into it as much, you know. He's, uh, but, but, but you see, but there's, there's a, a genuineness in terms of that, and there's also a clarity of thinking. But there was also, see, the reason why we didn't ascribe it to his getting old and tired is because his learning was always new. In other words, he attacked the sugya anew. It wasn't, listen, we all get older, we get tired, and snap. You didn't have that feeling by him. I mean, he wasn't so old, unfortunately, when he was Nifta. And Bimela, the, 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 the idea that this simpler approach is now there, he, he, had, he started every sugya, it was very fresh. So every sugya started anew, even though his memory was impeccable. But he started a new, and, and that was incredible. So the feeling was, to you know, this is the next shlav in understanding sugya. Not, I don't need the fancy stuff anymore. And that, and that's why he was so incredible, yeah. But he was willing to admit that. He was willing to stand by that. There was no, Reb Nochem never had a problem. He never had a problem saying a boy is right. Um, he never had a problem yelling at a boy, you know. It, it, it was like, Reb Nochem was oblivious. The only thing that mattered was Emis and his own personal cover, he, he would he would look to say over a sheer name of somebody else. On the other hand, if he didn't like what another person said, he had no no problem cutting it down and saying absolutely wrong, not possible. You know, it was it was unique. I mean, that's why it was. Uh,
But I tell you, like in learning, I never had the feeling that he's saying over. He, he, he learned, he, he learned Chavrusas all day. It must have been for the umpteenth time. I remember a scene, let me tell you a scene where he, where he let somebody have it. Friday afternoon was a good time. It was, he, he always loved to hear people's tired. You know, he was amazing that way. He could listen, he could hop on to three, he could respond, many times kindly, sometimes constructive criticism. If you want to go. There was a fellow from... So Friday afternoon, a lot of times people from other shivas come to speak to him learning. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. People would come to speak to him learning. And there was a fellow from Brisk. He was an Israeli, an Ilui, real Ilui. He'd learned to Panovich many years, you know, to Brisk, a scatterbrained, very fascinating person. And he would come speak and learn it all. So he would stand in line, there'd be a line, and everybody would hear everybody else. So he was learning Bechorus. Reb Nochem would speak from Sechta to Sechta with ease, without making any fuss. So yes, he spoke Bechorus, and this person said a shtickle tire on it. And he said over something from a barrel, from a barrel salvagic. And Reb Nochem said, that's exactly the way you're supposed to understand it. Sugya, that's, that's the, the right, that's, the, that's right, so and so forth. So this person was a wise guy, and he said, could the Rosh Hashiva tell me if he's ever heard such a mahalach before? Like, basically, am I not bringing you Torah samples from Brisa? So, he said, I want to tell you something. In Shanghai, I learned Bechayrus with Rabbi Leib Malin, and this was our first approach to the circuit. This was how we understood Pshutosh Mikra. Bris did not invent the world. And, 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 you know, he let him have it, you know, you think that... But, but the first half, when this guy told her over to him, Nachum sat like, wow, this is so good, this is so impressive. It, it, it wasn't only a technique. It was like, every time you heard something good, it was good because it's good now. Like, like he, he like, once the guy started up with... <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn that to Shabbat Chaim? Were you there in the 60s when they came there for that big... When, when, yeah, 